Welcome back to Be Great With Nate, the podcast that trains you to master your mind, body, and emotions to help you take complete control of your life. I'm your host, your coach, Nate Ortiz. I'm enthusiastic about teaching you how to manage your health and mindset while you pursue your goals in life. My goal is to clear your confusion regarding the body, mind, and life itself. If you want to learn how to become the best version of yourself, then you're going to want to stick around. Welcome back to Be Great With Nate. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about how to lose your belly fat without losing your butt, your hamstrings, or your breast, okay? This is the question that I got. For men, if you're a man listening, this, this is going to go for you too. I know a lot of you are like, Nate, I don't really care about my glutes and my hamstrings, and I don't really have a breast per se. But if you're struggling with a stubborn body fat, uh, as you can say, um, for men, uh, that little bit of belly fat that you have, you're going to want to stick around for this podcast as well. So I want to just uh, skim through this question so maybe some of you can kind of relate to it. Um, good morning, Nate. I want to start off by saying thank you for all the great information you're putting out there, and it's really motivating to start with the right foot. I already prefer herbal and organic type lifestyle, but still can't get the belly fat down, okay? So right now we're looking for belly fat. I am a vegetarian protein eater, and I'm sure that might have something to do with as if the carbs are higher. I'm not fully vegan, and I do eat regular cheese and eggs when my stomach is up to eggs. Milk, I don't like. I like to substitute with almond milk. I'm 132 pounds. In May, was told I am a pre-diabetic. So this is huge right here. But results from February was not. I know I can lose the belly fat going on a caloric deficit, um, but I've done that before, and it made me lose my thighs and my butt, which I don't want. So my question is, how can I lose belly fat without losing my thigh, butt, and breast weight on a vegetarian protein diet? Is it possible? Can your plan work for me? Thank you so much for taking some time. I know you're a busy man, and I appreciate it. Okay, so there's a couple things that we're going to want to touch on in here. And um, hopefully this saves a lot of you a lot of time when it comes down to uh, weight loss. Or uh, I like to call it fat loss. There's a difference between weight loss and fat loss, Okay. Weight loss is losing a good amount of muscle, fat, and water, okay? So what tends to happen is, as you can see, as the person who uh, sent the question in, is if a person is focused on losing weight, if you just care about that scale, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. And I'm going to bring you through the reasons why that is the case. Number one, when you go to lose weight, a lot of people find quick weight loss things online, Jenny Craig, or whatever the case may be, which can be beneficial for a lot of people. But what people have to understand is we have something called your resting metabolic rate, okay? Your resting metabolic rate is how many calories your body burns while you rest, while you're not doing anything. What happens is if a person puts themselves in a position where they are losing muscle, when you start to lose muscle, you have a great chance of putting yourself at a position to lose or lower your rest and metabolic rate. You see, muscle requires a lot of energy and calories within itself, okay? Uh, it takes a lot of energy to keep muscle in your body, which means that if the more muscle you have in your body, the more calories you burn. When a person goes and just drops weight, okay, they have a great chance of losing a lot of muscle if they do not follow things correctly, which we'll go through in this podcast. Number two, uh, there is some mention that we are a pre-diabetic. Um, pre-diabetes is very interesting, which we're going to go through a little bit. Um, as far as when a person is a pre-diabetic, 
we know in science and I've seen, I'm a pre-diabetic myself. Now I'm no longer pre-diabetic, but I can become one really quick. Number one, you know, there's a lot of things that are blamed on genetics, but there are, you know, in that sometimes it's bogus. As long as you take care of certain lifestyle factors, you should be fine. But people do have the genetic gene of having a high chance of having diabetes. I have that gene. You may have that gene as well. So when you do have that gene, you have to be very careful on something like a protein vegetarian diet. And I know that may be something that you do not want to hear. And anytime I work with somebody who's a vegan or a vegetarian, I do not want to put belief systems on people. That's not the goal. The goal is to see what, how is it working for them? And if it's no longer working for them, it may be appropriate to look elsewhere or try something different. We have to see why they're following it. And a lot of times, the two things that I find is this. A person stopped eating protein because it made them feel ill or a protein stop. I mean, a person stopped eating protein because of some documentaries they started to watch about animals. There's two nice little things I like to do with clients when they do that. Like I said, I'm about giving you awareness and informing you as your coach, as someone you're listening to. I am not going to put a belief system on you. That's not my job and that's not my goal. But if we do not eat, I know you're not going to like this, but if we do not eat enough protein or and we do not strength train to keep the muscle. There's no reason your body will keep muscle when you're in a caloric deficit. So that's why last time you lost your butt, your thighs, and your breast. Now, you're going to lose size fat in these areas, but I like to tell clients we don't want to look slim. We want to look lean when we lose weight. And the way we do that is by eating enough protein, by strength training, and by being consistent with not trying to rush Fat loss. See, fat, you'll lose some water, but we're aiming for body fat, more body fat. We're trying to keep as much as muscle as we can so we can keep our rest of metabolic rate as high as we can. So when we drop weight, we're not cutting calories so low to be able to get to a goal weight on the scale, but then we look worse as we lost the weight. We look skinny. I call it looking smoked out. And that's, you know, that's how we talk where I'm from. When you look smoked out, someone that looks smoked out is someone that is, is it looks like they just started you know, taking some drugs or they're sick or they're not doing well. We don't want to look smoked out. We want to look lean, a lean machine. Okay. So number, so the two things that go through clients is number one, one of the main reasons why people feel sick after eating protein is going to be because they don't have enough stomach acid to break down protein. So the first thing a person does, which, you know, I get it they immediately stop eating protein. And I'm, I'm just, I, what I like to do with clients is to say, hey, listen, watch the show Survivor or watch the show Naked and Afraid and see how the body reacts when it only gets rice and beans and doesn't get all those vitamin B supplements or all these different supplements. Let's see how the body reacts. In the last season of Survivor, the guy who was vegan for 20 plus years gave in within five, six days. Forgot his name. He gave in pretty fast. He ate a piece of chicken. There were rice and beans and there's fruit. Why did, I think it was chicken or either chicken or, or fish, but they gave in really quick and said, I'm so mad at myself that I gave in, but it's so, the, my body needs it. So, 
person that doesn't produce enough stomach acid is going to be a person <clears throat> you'll start a person that's going to end up struggling to break down protein. Uh, stomach acid is needed to break down protein. Okay. Number two, all these documentaries that we saw or that you probably saw and hold a lot of truth. We don't, we don't, like I said, we don't ignore the truth, but why go extreme? So that's why it's important where you put your dollar. If you're buying conventional meat or you're buying from restaurants that sell conventional meat or you're ordering out and you're eating conventional meat, yes, that is not the best for you. You're eating animals that were eating diets that and live lives that they basically weren't designed to live and eat by. Remember, when an animal has a lot of toxins, animals store toxins in their fat cells just like humans. If an animal is under a lot of stress, animals can die with the blood being high levels of adrenaline and cortisol. So when you eat an animal, you take on the energy of that animal. They call it calories, but we take off the energy too, the spiritual energy as well. Okay? So instead of beating yourself up like, oh man, I can't eat meat because of that documentary, it may be appropriate to say, hey, I need to invest into the right farmers. I need to put my dollar and spend and invest my money to the right people as far as the people who are, I mean, the people who are taking the time to make sure the animals are raised and taken care of properly. Those are two things. And if you don't, you don't interested in that, fine. Stick to what you want to do. But ask yourself, is this working for me? Because doing the same thing over and over and over again is called, and not getting, and not getting any difference and getting the same results, called insanity. And some people like to stick to certain beliefs because of a, uh, not having a group of friends or a tribe, a family to be around as a child or now. So if a person is struggling with safety and security and is stuck in a reptilian brain, there's a high chance that they want to stick to a community and a belief system because if they're no longer that one thing, then the YouTube feed doesn't feed them. I mean, the YouTube feed is going to feed them all that, that stuff and they're going to feel like they betrayed people. They're not accepted anymore. So I don't, so let's get back to topic number. So that's the first thing we need to do. If you are a vegetarian protein eater, which I never heard before, so you just showed me something, it's pretty interesting, then uh, we do want to make sure that we're getting enough protein in our diet. And if you look up, when I went to get my nutrition, uh, my nutrition certification and my sports nutrition certification, and I went to school with, for nutrition, what we learned is that when a person eats um, a plant-based protein or get most of their protein from plants to make sure that they increase their protein by 20 grams as much as they can each meal up to 20 grams because most of the protein that a person has to break down from a plant is very hard to digest. So not, so if you're eating 20 grams of protein from a protein shake, a vegan protein shake, there's a possibility you're not getting all that. You're not getting the whole 20 grams. So we need to add a little more protein to each meal because if say if you're only getting 15 grams or 10 grams, then adding a little more can ensure that you're getting enough. Okay. When a person is pre-diabetic, they'll start storing fat around their belly. Visual fat. It's called visual fat. We can look tofi, thin on the outside, fat on the inside. The organs get fat. The reason why is because a person has something called metabolic syndrome. So their legs and arms can get skinny 
their butt can get skinny and their belly can get chubby and fat. A lot of people have this because of high levels of cortisol and blood sugar. When a person is under a lot of stress for a long period of time, stress, cortisol, uh, stimulates the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight or flight system. And that it needed to, I mean, your body it need to, in order to go into fight or flight, it needs sugar. So the body will produce its own sugar through the liver called uh, gluconeogenesis, which then will give you a blood sugar spike and drop, blood sugar spike and drop. So if you're not balancing out your blood sugar with your nutrition by making sure you're eating fibrous foods, protein, fatty protein to be specific, to balance out and slow down the digestion of your carbohydrates in your diet, there's a high chance you can be burning your adrenals out. So if so, the, the next thing I'll say is when a person doesn't want to lose their butt, their thighs, and their breast, when it comes down to the butt and thighs, we got to make sure you're on a strength program. So let's make sure we get your protein correct. Number two, let's put you on a strength program. And what is a strength program? It's, I, I, we, we put you in a, a progressive overload program. Basically, we give you compound movements to make sure that we're telling the body and the nervous system, hey, listen, I don't want you losing this muscle. I want you to actually try to build a little bit. Most people who never did a progressive overload program will kind of have, you have the ability to put on some muscle. I've seen it so many times. It's called newbie gains. A person is able to put on a little bit of muscle and drop fat at the same time if they never trained properly before. For like the first six months, it's a great time to take advantage of that. So we give you, we give you, this is what it looks like. We give you compound exercises. So what does that mean? When I train you, we're not isolating your muscular system unless you have an imbalance. Like I, I got to fix for the first 15 minutes, but majority of your workout, it ain't going to be walking around bands, working on your glutes in the corner of the gym. No. Unless I'm trying to fire your glutes before we squat, we lunge. We do squats. We do lunges. We do side lunges. We do deadlifts. If you have the proper posture to do deadlifts and squats, or specifically deadlifts. So if you're bloated, the chances of you using your lower back and your hip flexors every time you squat and you lunge and you deadlift are going to be very high because you're not going to have the ability to use your deep abdominal wall called your TVA, your transverse abdominis. So that's why the diet's important. So the first thing I would say with the diet, get your protein up, but also listen to my podcast. I have a podcast said a diet that will reset your energy, digestion, mood, etc. Go go check that one out. Listen to that. That helps with inflammation. If you have a fungal infection, it helps with that. It helps with blood sugar. It's a diet. It's I call it the high vibe diet, baby. The high vibe diet. I named it the high vibe diet now. I had no name for it. I got a name for it. It came to me. The universe is like, I got you, Nate. High vibe diet. You have your high vibe diet. You have your high vibe walks. Everything's high vibe. I'm trying to bring up your vibration. So when you go to the gym, if we get you to do squats and it's your first time in the gym with me, we do squats with body weight. We do 10. I ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being hard, 1 being easy, what would you rate that? If you say anything below a 5, then I give you weights. Dumbbells first. You got to master squats with dumbbells or kettlebells before I put a bar on your back. You have to go through a lot of tests with me before you get a bar on your back. You just don't throw a bar on your back. You got to get the right range of motion. You got to get 
to a point where you're able to hold your and, and handle your load of weight in your squat. So what we do is we do, let's just say you do the first week you did body weight squat. The first day you did body weight squats. Make sure your heels stay on the ground. If your heels come off the ground when you squat and you lunge, that's a, that's a sign that your hip flexors are too tight. and Your butt's not working enough and your hamstrings are not working enough. So let's just say the first week we do body weight lunges, body weight side lunges, body weight squats, and then we do kettlebell deadlift to get your form right, but then get the right range of motion. Okay, we do those four exercises. Then when you come back to the gym, if I made you do three sets of 10 of everything, when you come back, I make you do three sets of 12. When you master three sets of 12 with your body weight, then I make you do three sets of 15 with the body weight. After you do that, now I give you, the next time you come in, now I give you resistance training. Now I add fives to each hand. And now we start from three sets of eight. Then we master three sets of 10, then three sets of 12. We don't go to 15 with weight. I'd go to 12. And as soon as you master that, then I go up to 7.5. Then you go three sets of eight, 10, 12. After you master those, then we go back to, now we go to 10 pounds. You see, every time you come to the gym, either you're increasing your reps or you're increasing your weight. What does that do? That makes sure the nervous system never gets to adapt. And what happens is anytime you leave the gym and you put a new stress on the resistance on the nervous system and the muscular system, it has to adapt. You break that muscle tissue and the central nervous system has to adapt to that load. And then the body doesn't know that you're in a gym training. The body thinks you're, you're moving branches and you're, you're doing things to survive. So it's just not going to give you muscle for fun. It's going to give you muscle when, it's a, when the body is demanding that you are being resistant to weight. Things are in your way. So it supports you with more muscle and more um, uh, the ability to produce fast um, twitch muscles and et cetera. So what I'm saying to you is if you want to make sure you don't lose your butt, your thighs, we got to make sure that we're in the gym training. And we have to make sure we're getting enough protein. And if you look up visceral fat and pre-diabetes, they go hand in hand. So one thing that would help you a little more lose that belly fat, and you can look this up in fatty liver studies that they did, non-alcoholic fatty liver is what most people get when they have insulin resistance. And most people who are insulin resistant are pre-diabetics and have metabolic syndrome. As soon as you get somebody to manage their blood sugar, as soon as you get a person to manage their fatty liver, you look up Dr. Jason Fung. You can look up Dr. Eric Berg. You can look up, um, who's another doctor? I forgot his name. Dr. Benjamin something. I'll put it in the, um, let me write these down. I'll put this in the description below. I'm just going to write this down for podcast. It's called insulin resistance. The more you increase your muscle, and here's another fact. Protein is one of the most uh, satiating nutrients you can put in your body. It keeps you full. But protein also is one of the most, it's one of the, it's a, it's a one of the, it's the, it's the thing that spikes your metabolism the most out of all three macronutrients, fat, protein, and carbs. Protein for every 100 calories that you eat a protein, anywhere from 20 to 30 calories can be burnt just breaking it down. Yeah. 
So when you eat protein, it's kind of like doing cardio. Protein is very, it, it's very, it increases your metabolism. So if a person is not strength training and a person is not eating enough essential protein, okay, then what happens is the chances of them losing muscle and becoming hypothyroid, having something with hypothyroidism can be higher. And belly fat, because you're going to create blood sugar issues from there because you're going to be burning out your adrenals. So how do we do that? Number one, a caloric deficit is needed for the most part for everything. But when a person has visceral fat, that's a huge, huge sign of metabolic syndrome. So there are studies that show there's a, um, I'm going to put the references below. There are studies that show that when a person reduces their non-alcoholic fatty liver, which is usually associated with insulin resistance or prediabetes in a lot of people, the inflammation of your organs bring down the inflammation of your belly. Most people with prediabetes and blood sugar issues that are not strength training and not eating enough protein lose a lot of muscle around their arms and legs. So they have a skinny legs, skinny butt, or no butt, skinny um, arms, legs, small butt, big belly. Men too. So we got to increase your protein. We got to increase your strength training program. And we got to make sure you're doing the right exercises. I hope that helped. Thank you for your question. Anybody, um, if you have a question, you're listening to this, shoot it over. This was anonymous. I didn't name this person, right? You can shoot it over at Nate, N-A-T-E, at thegreatwithnate at gmail.com. We'll also put that in the description as well. And I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Share this with somebody who needs to hear this. Peace. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope the show gave you valuable information. If you did, take a screenshot, post it on social media, like your Instagram story or someone in your social and tag me. I will definitely get back to you. I really appreciate the love. Or you can easily just leave a rating or a review if you have the time. You don't understand how much those little things right there help me push this show to get more people like you to listen. If you want more Be Great With Nate, you can head over to BeGreatWithNate.com and I'll meet you there. Until next time, peace.